you break through. Maybe it brings a breaking moment. Yeah? Anyway, go in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. I'm going to talk to you about what time it is. Um, and we received a lot for the last couple of days. And um, it's interesting. I may have mentioned this before. I was looking for um, God to give me a time frame in my life personally, you know? How many want to know God's timing on things? Am I talking like God tonight? I'm just making sure. I want to I know God's timing, right? We want to know God's timing for things. And I know that there's testimonies of, uh, you know, what's happening, what time is it? And um, am I missing something? Did I forget anything tonight? Okay. I'm making sure because, you know, sometimes I just start running my mouth and I forgot something. Um, let me just back up and address one thing, too, because uh, how many have been praying for Patrick? I just have to, I just have to say something. Um, it's going to lead into this, but I feel like um, we were standing with our, our friend and, and brother, um, Ryan Hogan, and his son got really, really sick. and then kind of seized up and put pressure on the stem of, of his nervous system and basically he, he died. They had to revive him in the bathroom and then they med brought, well, they, they brought him in an ambulance straight to Boston Children's Hospital where he was on life support for four days. To be honest with you, one of the most dis I mean, never mind about, I mean, where Ryan Hogan is at this point because he's in a rough place and, and he's handling it like a champion, I have to be honest. And I know probably he's had his moments, so but I have to be honest that in this in the time I've known Ryan, he's handled this whole situation like I'm proud of him. I'm really proud of him. And uh and he could have gone either way, you know? Because it's it's a tough one, right? So we lost his 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 son, he lost his son, and uh, they pronounced him two days later clinically brain dead. And we were still believing for a miracle. And I'm so proud of the guys and all of us that went down. We just went in believing, and uh, regardless of the results, God's still on the throne, and He still raises people from the dead. I don't care. It's this side of heaven that we didn't get it. It's something we're missing. And so I say all that to say. It was one of the toughest things that I've dealt with in ministry up to this point, other than, you know, I think it's a toughest because it's just, you know, people that, you know, get sick with cancer and stuff happens and these different topics. But a 15-year-old who's perfectly healthy one week and then the next week he's on life support. And, you know, you want to grab it by the gurney and just command death. Say this, this is sobering, isn't it? It's okay. It's good. Because I totally feel like God has challenged us. And it was no mistake that we had um, the Jordans here the week before who testified of losing their 22-year-old son who was preaching the gospel in South Africa 
from just being a light and a blazing light in the nation, and they lost him to a freak accident. And talk about hard to swallow, you know. So there is no, come on, God's timing. We're talking about God's timing tonight. And I want to just be very clear that I don't blame anyone. I don't blame myself. I don't blame anyone's prayer. You, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> we prayed the prayers. We believed. But there's something inside that God wants to bring us to, I believe, that will bring us to this place where we do have faith, where we do believe. Because it's time. It's time that the church rises up and is really, truly the church, right? What does that mean? That we won't lose another person to some freak accident? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that. Does it, do, do we step into a place where we begin to prepare ourselves for that? Because that's where I've been. I don't put it on myself or, I, or and, any, and anyone else in this room shouldn't put it on themselves that we didn't see results, that there wasn't all of a sudden nerves, you know, response. But the fact is that the same Jesus, right, that was raised by the Father, the Father's glory is living inside of you. And here's where we, here's where we don't have the connect on it sometimes. The timing of God and the fullness of time in the church. We see it in the book of Acts, right? That the dead were raised. We see it in the Old Testament where prophets would lay on dead people and they would rise up. And I'm not just going to get stuck on raising the dead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about the whole spectrum of what God's about to do. And we're already in it. Do you understand that? The time is now. We are in the time. It's right now. And the Lord is challenging the church. The Lord's challenging us to live out of a place where we know and we understand who we are. It is back to identity, but it's also living that out in faith, believing that God is who he says he is and that he does the things that he says he would do and that we give our lives completely. Why do I always preach about surrender? Because that's what this whole thing's about. And if we do not surrender our lives, we're going to have no result. Yeah, okay, God's sovereign. He can raise up to anyone at any time. I believe that. I totally believe that. He can pour revival out. Can he? If he doesn't have a hungry people, no, I don't think he will. So this, this thing about a, a mass awakening being sovereign and people just coming to Christ out of sovereign you know, they're not going to come pouring in the church. I'm just being real tonight, okay? But the time is now that God is challenging the whole entire earth. <laughs> but he's challenging the Western church, mostly because I don't think, I don't see this when I'm overseas. When I get an opportunity to be overseas, people believe that they can touch the throne and be healed and they're healed. I didn't have a chance to raise the dead overseas, so we don't know about that. But I have seen deaf ears open, blind eyes be repaired, stroke victims be touched. All kinds of different healings. We can go through lists, right? And it's not just about the healing, but there's also a mass response to the gospel. And here's where God brings us, right? It says this in, in Galatians 4 and verse 4. It said, but when the fullness of time had come... God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. But here's what Jesus did. He came to free us from that law. 
right? What's the law? The law is sin and death. We were talking about this before. How many understand Jesus came to save, come on, we were down in, we were down in Manchester, Connecticut, and it's, I, I, I should have taken a picture of it, but it's this neon sign that says Jesus saves. I love it. It's just, you know, it's iconic. And he does. He came to save, but he came to break death off of life, off of people's lives. He came to break death off of the church. He came to raise up and bring to life those things that are dead. If you have a limb that's dead, if you have a knee that's decom, come on, that the, that the, it's falling apart. Come on, your ligaments are gone, shot, whatever it might be. The Holy Spirit's here to heal that. Now the question is, well, why don't, why do some get healed? I don't know, but I do know this, that if I'm, if you and I become so hungry for God's presence and we begin to look at him face to face, because it's really about face to face. Listen, here's the deal. I can know the book. I can even have knowledge of God. But unless I know him, that he came to set me free from the law of sin and death, what does that even say about eternal life? When's eternal life? says that John was boiled in oil, and he lived. Some say that John never died, that he's still alive somewhere on the globe. Now, whether you believe that or not, let it be unto you according to your faith. But I'm telling you, there's things that have shown us that man can live for much longer under the presence of God and by eating the Word of God. I loved what Surprise said this weekend. He said, listen, it's okay if you don't eat. You won't die. You eat air. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a fasted, not, not calling a holy fast right now. What I am talking about is this, a fasted lifestyle. And a lifestyle that's given over to the presence of God. Because we, what we want to do is we want to have all the stuff but we don't want to make any sacrifice for it. It says that in the fullness of time, Jesus came. And what I'm telling you now, it's the fullness of time. And he came once, but he's coming again into a bride first, and then he'll appear on the earth. When we look like him, when we reflect him, when we're like the moon and we reflect the sun. Are you hearing me? This is truth. And so we can't go about thinking it's okay. For people to have affliction, it's okay for people to walk around lost. Because really it doesn't bother us at the end of the day. Most of the time we're okay with it. Like I, this whole thing with, with, with this young boy dying kind of brought it right in my face. And the Lord said, what are you going to do with that? And I said, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to go to his grave, dig it up, pull him out. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is the next time we have a situation or the next sick person that comes in here or whatever it may look like or people coming in here with, come on, blinders on their eyes, they need to be free, right? And so what's the deal? We're, God's looking for a body that will come together and live out of the fullness of what Jesus did. When the fullness of time had come... God sent forth the Son, 
I'm telling you, come on, we're going to read more because it's going to all of a sudden put you back as a son. To redeem those who are under the law. That we might receive the adoption as sons. So, in the fullness of time, he sent forth his son. But in the latter days, now, he's calling forth sons and daughters to walk out what he's already walked out. Because he is the perfect, he is the image of the Father. He is the exact representation of God, but he's walking on the earth. And so what did he give to you and I? And I know I'm preaching to the choir, right? I am. But what he gave to us is this, the fullness of who he is in the fullness of time. So that we can walk as sons and be filled and receive adoption. And here's what happens when we're adopted. It's a legal thing. Ready? I have a sister who's adopted. She's legally my, my sister. She's got the same, well, she used to have the same last name. When you're brought into a family and you're adopted, something changes. It's a legal document that says this one has all the inheritance. This one has all the rights. This one has everything that's been, that needed to be received by the family, by this lineage. And when you're under the lineage of God, you have all things. Peter said that. We're not missing one thing, guys. We're not missing anything. In the fullness of time, which we are right now, you're in that time right now. You don't live outside of that time. You live in this time right now. And I'm telling you, we, it's not, I'm not saying Jesus is coming tomorrow. Jesus is not coming till the church is mature. And what does the mature church look like? It looks like you raise the dead. It looks like we cast out devils on a regular basis, not... A little trickle here, a little trickle there, a little dabble, do you? No. I'm telling you. But we seem to be satisfied with a little bit, and we get excited. And, st- and now it's weird, because even at the conference, right, it was, they were like make testimonies, and I'm like, I feel like we should be a raging fire right now. Because when you testify of God changing and moving on lives and healing happen, ugh, we should be excited. You should have passion for it. If you don't have passion for s- to live out the way Jesus lived, th- we need to get a pulse. I need, we need to get a pulse. Like, where are, where are we at with this? Is it okay I'll, I'll get there eventually? Well, it sounds like striving. No. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his sons into our hearts. Wait a second. Let me read that again. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. (laughs) That's another surprise. Thank you, Abba, Father. Listen, 
What does Abba Father look like? <laughs> Are we crying, Abba Father? Are we crying, Abba Father? Are we crying out for the Father to come and be our Father? Like, He's your Father. He, <laughs> huh. He's your Father. And you have the same inheritance. You have everything that he has in his household, and it's given to you. Do we have to go? Do I have to go look at, at the prodigal son in the story? Because the, the story's all about what's received. Like when we receive everything that's in the father's house, it's all yours. You just never used it. One son went back. He said, I'm, 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 in the, I'm eating the slop. I'm eating the pig's garbage. And I'm going back, I'll just serve. And the other one's saying, what is it? Now you're going to hold a big thing for him, a party for him, and he's been, he's been just taking advantage of everything that we have? And he blew it? <laughs> and I'm here to tell you tonight that God's looking for a son, not to squander what he has, but to blow the checkbook. Because it doesn't end. I'm yelling. It doesn't end. There's no end. It just doesn't stop. He's got more, and he has more, and he has more, and whenever you think you've come to the place where it's impossible, he has more. Because you can't do it with him. You can do nothing without him. What I'm doing first few verses I have, because we've got a long time. Therefore, this is what I was just talking about, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir to God through Christ. <laughs> Listen, God is wanting to release a strategy for your life in this one thing. You're a son. You're an heir. You have everything that the father has. And in that, you don't miss things. So what happens? What are we going to do? We're going to do a few things, right? We're going to pray. Because you can't have communion without going and seeing him face to face. Right? I like soaking. I want to soak in his presence. But at some point, I have to go and talk and just have fellowship with him, right? I don't just lay in his presence, although he likes that. I know he likes that because I like falling asleep in God's presence. <laughs> don't you? Should be okay. Don't feel condemned when you fall asleep and you're trying to pray. Because no, I never got mad at my son if he was talking to me. Although he talked from when he would, he doesn't do that anymore. But when he was little, he used to talk from the minute he woke up till the minute he went to sleep. And he would resist sleep. But here's what I'm saying, that the Father's looking for us to go to him. Let your request, let your prayer, let your request be known to God. It's okay to pray and say, Father, I need this, and I'm, I'm, I'm naked, I'm poor, I'm without everything. 
Because honestly, after a week like I had last week, thank God I went to go soak for a few days in the presence of God. And the first message was receive. Receive. You just need to receive. We need to receive from the Father what he has for us. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. So why would we not stay in his presence? Why would we not look for the things that he's about to pour out? And when he begins to tell you, you should be excited and not try and figure it out. Because he's got destiny for every person in this place. Not one, young to old. He's got purpose that he's already planned out. And we need strategy from heaven. And I need to know, come on. That when I see things, they come from heaven. Need to be able to discern what's coming from God. And the enemy, come on, he comes to rob, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. But he comes, Jesus comes, that you might have life and life more abundantly. So what happens when we come into an instant like this where something crazy tragic happens? Come on, you get injured. Come on, I've had injuries. I, I go in and out of, like, it's weird. Like, my body gets healed, and then it comes back. And then I get healed, and then it comes back. And then it finally goes away, and then I forget about it. But the Lord's trying to do something to pull us back into himself always. And I don't want to ever be comfortable when I pray and when I ask the Lord or I declare, come on, I know we're stuck on commanding things, but it's sometimes it, it's got to be God. I need an anointing on my life that breaks every yoke of bondage, that breaks every sickness, every disease. That's the prayer we should have so that when you go out of your prayer closet, right, bam. You can't get it unless you're in the secret place. We can't give what we don't have. And the problem is, most of the, the, the issue is, we don't want enough. Like, we go like, we go like, yeah, I said, Oliver, just fill my bowl for what I need right now. Just fill my bowl for what I need right now. I don't want to just go because it's just enough. All this comes out of the overflow. It comes out of the place where there's God is pouring out his plans and purposes, but he's pouring out a river of life. A river on your life. A river of life on your life so that when you begin to speak and when you even begin to declare things, that all of a sudden things begin to change in the atmosphere. As a matter of fact, when you show up, the atmosphere changes. You're not discouraged. Here's the thing that the Lord started speaking to me. You're deceived by your eyes. By what you see, you're deceived by that. Unless you see it by the Spirit. Unless you see it by the Spirit of God, you're deceived by the natural. I'm talking about healing and I'm talking about miracles tonight because these are keys that are going to keep us in a place where we're locked in, where God will, I'm telling you, he says, if, if you ask me, I'll give it to you. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, it'll be open. So I'm going to knock and seek and find. Come on, I'm preaching, I'm preaching real good to myself tonight. 
There's something that the Lord is wanting to bring us into. And it won't happen if we're not hungry for it. I mean, we have to be hungry for it. It would be such an inheritance if God put aside for us, right? says this, since we are now joined to Christ, how many are joined to Christ? Come on, you are yoked with Jesus. We have been given treasures of redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Let me just stop there for a minute. What is the deal with that? Here's the deal. When Jesus died and you became born again, Right? You're not going to eternal fire. You're going to be with the Father. But there's one thing that, the ch- that all of us need to get the fullness of is that I've been clean. I've been made eternally clean. You want to live out of this place. That God has just taken everything and he's canceled, canceled everything over your life from your past. Let me say this, your past, your present, and your future. I have to say it that way because it's all true. And the, rea- the reality is that he's looking for a people that will walk in purity, but know they're pure. Because when you know you're clean, you don't fall back into shame. You don't fall back into the things that hold you back. You don't fall back into the things that keep you boxed out of the presence of God. Because what, what put up the wall against the Father originally? It was sin. It was condemnation. It was Adam saying, I got to hide. In the midst of everything, I have to hide. And I've been, and you're walking with God in the cool of the day one day, and then he's looking for you. Where are you? Where have you gone? So a total cancellation. Did you hear that? A total cancellation. Total, complete cancellation of sin. That's what the blood does. Why do we need to preach the blood? What's going to bring world harvest? What's going to bring harvest New England? What's going to bring the things that God's about to pour out in the region? It's going to be a message that says God has completely canceled all the things. You don't have to remind people what they did. They just need to know that they're forgiven. They need to know that you're not going to condemn them, right? And the presence of God and the fullness of who he is came to cancel all those things because of the cascading riches of his grace. It's the grace of God that set me free, right? There's two, two graces, one that helps you do things and the, and the grace of God that just gave you just canceled everything and gave you unmerited favor, which is not even a good definition of grace, right? And then it says this, this, this superabundant grace is already powerfully working in us Releasing within us all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. 
Can I tell you this? Everyone in this room, the entire body of Christ, <laughs> needs wisdom and understanding. We don't know how to unlock things until we hear from heaven. You don't. This is why I say our eyes deceive us. What you see is not exactly what it is. Sometimes we look at a situation, yeah, I have to pray in that way, but the end result is it doesn't need to stay looking like it looks like, right? And it doesn't have to be an almost a, a, a transformed or, or recycled version of what you think it looks like, right? And through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveils his secret, secret desires to us, and that's where we need to live from. Because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing. It's not my knowledge and how many scriptures I can recite. I'm sorry if that offends anyone in this room. I'm, I'm not really. But the truth is this, that it won't be the written word that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing on the word that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing of the truth that the law of sin and death is canceled by Jesus Christ, and he brought us into a new law, the law of life. And when that truth is inside of you, then you can, I'm telling you, you can raise the dead. You can restore ligaments. Arms will grow out. People's lives completely turn around. Let's just get practical with that. Situations that you begin to pray for will move because you declare what the Lord's, what? He's already shown you. His unveiled secret in the situation. And the Lord has unveiling of things that he wants to give to us, but we don't sit. We don't wait. We don't ask. We don't even look for it sometimes. Well, I mean, Really? We give a cry, ah, help. But come on, God's looking for us to be able to pinpoint things and go after it, to loose things. That's why anytime, and I'm sick of it, when we come in here and there's all kinds of weird things hitting us, right? Everyone. No, because there's spiritual atmospheres, right? This thing. We want the angels to take over. I don't want demonic stuff to take over the atmosphere. I want it angels. I have an entourage that goes with me. Where's yours? No, really, because God's trying to bring us into this place where the heavenly act activity around you is too much for whatever's coming in. And we get tested, and, and it's being more and more tested. The further we move, it's being tested. It's being tested. Don't think it won't be tested tomorrow, because it will be. And I'm not saying we're looking for demons around every corner. What I'm looking for is heaven's reality coming into my life and your life so that you walk with the fullness in this time. Now's the time where God's coming and releasing strategies and secrets and the, the ability to open things up so that your life is completely like unmasking all the enemy's plans. Are you hearing me? You okay? It's the truth. 
And the only, the only one that can do it is the anointing. It's the anointed one. It's the, it's the Spirit of God that rests upon you. It's the Spirit of understanding. It's those seven spirits that we talked about a few weeks ago. It's that which is coming upon the church, and it looks just like Jesus. It looks just like him. It looks just like him. Except he's in you. The mystery, the hidden mystery of his long-range plans. Don't you like that? It's the thing that's far out. It's the thing that you haven't even made it to yet. And God's trying to get us to that place. How can you get it if you can't get to the short-term thing? Come on, somebody. You, we can't... I think I drank a water on that. The hidden mystery of his long-range plans, which he had delighted to implement from the very beginning of what? Time! From the beginning of time. That he's been implementing things that he wants to see happen. Time. It's time. It is time. Did I mention it's time? It's really time. And because of God's unfailing purpose, his detailed plan will reign supreme. Say reign supreme. That's good. Through every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages finally reaches its climax or apex, right? When God makes all things new. Ha! Brand new. And look at your neighbor and say, you're new. You're new. You're a brand new creation that hears exactly what God wants to release to you today. Not tomorrow. Today. God's speaking and he's saying a lot, but we don't understand what he's saying. And when he speaks those things, we need to understand what he's saying so we can implement them in our lives because that's the key that unlocks everything to move ahead. For the long-term plan, to the end of the age, to the climax of all things, that is Christ in you, the hope of glory, living in, in the fulfillment of everything that he's called you to do. Listen, I don't know how we can have just a little dab I don't get it. Like, I know I sit up here and I'm like, <laughs> I'm preaching, I, I get it. But I just get like, how can we sit in a week-to-week situation and just have a little? And let all these other things come into our lives to take over, right? All the cares of the world, come on, we know there's a whole, there's a whole, Jesus talked about the, the garden and the seed and all this all the things that happen that try to steal the seed of God and try to move that out of the way. Because God's trying to direct you down a path and we just want a little. But God's looking for the soil of your heart to be completely clean, you know? When it's filled with nutrients and it's good soil, it's clean. It's not toxified. It's not a toxic place where things land and they get shriveled up and they die. And when the anointing's on you, it doesn't have, there's no birds that can come in and steal it. 
lot of revelation just talking. It's good. Right? So jump down. When it makes all things new in all heaven and earth through Jesus Christ, of course. And then this. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Before we were ever born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes everything, every purpose, and the plan of his heart. Listen, this thing's really hard to screw up. It really is. Did you just read that? It means it's all been put in place. It's really hard to mess it up. What we have to do is be deaf and blind. But this is what we constantly fight, is deafness and blindness. Someone nods. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We're not, we're going. It's not, it's, I said the train's already moving. It's out of station already. It's on the move. I saw it flying last, the other day. Really, presence of God. So I'm going to end with Songs of Solomon, chapter 7. And I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation again, because I'm stuck there. But are you guys getting this? You have to get this. You have to get this. I prophesy to you, you will get this. I prophesy to you, you'll walk this out. I prophesy to you. There's no more. It's not, it's not. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay when the enemy comes into the church and tries to mess with the church. It's not okay when the enemy comes into our families and tries to, tries to bring and steal things. Right? It's not okay. And so either we tolerate it by not engaging or we go after it. Right? There's one or the other. It's not like, I'll just do a little to kind of keep everything at bay. No, it's not going to work like that. We got to go after it. We got to go after it and break the power of the enemy giving you all authority. You're not missing anything. You have it. But the fullness of it is being, come on, worked inside of you. Right? So this, these couple verses are just off the hook. I don't even know what to say. Out of your outmost being is flowing the fullness of my spirit. Tori, help me before I forget to ask you to help me. Because <laughs> what happens is I go cold into that every time. Thank you. Out of your innermost being is flowing the fullness of my spirit, never failing to satisfy. Isn't that good? Song of Solomon, chapter 7, 
verse 2. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I always do that. Out of your innermost, everyone say innermost. That's where your spirit man is and your innermost being is flowing the fullness of my spirit. It's flowing. Jesus said that, right? He said, out of, come on, the river comes flowing from you. Never failing to satisfy. That means he has the answer for everything. This word has the answer for everything if we can see it and if we believe it. You have to be able to receive it and perceive it and then believe it. And within your womb, come on, men. This is for the mothers. In your womb, there is birthing, a birthing of the harvest, wheat. And they are sons and daughters nurtured by the purity you impart. <laughs> How gracious you have become. Why did I... Tonight, listen, we have to be so thankful for what God's done up to now. But I'm never, I will never be satisfied until we're getting 100%. <laughs> I don't care what you think of me on that one. I'm not going to be happy. I thought I was hungry at 25. Ha. I'm serious. This is no joke. The Holy Spirit is wanting to touch a whole generation that the innermost being will flow the power and the presence of God and it will birth forth a harvest of sons and daughters. And this, this verse right here is like God wants to bring a womb inside of you that it is major, it's a major deal that you raise up people around you. Around you, not me, around you. It's a major deal for me, but God wants it to get on you. So that you begin to burst forth a harvest out of your life. And what does that even look like? Come on, you can limit it with, the, with your limited mind, or you can go in God's mind and find out what it looks like. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's way bigger than you think. We don't think big enough. We don't think grand enough. We don't think that God can do way beyond what we can imagine. I mean, we say it. We know the scripture that says it. But he really wants to do this. That be, they'll be nurtured by the what? Purity you impart. That's powerful. So God's looking for what? You. To be a pure and spotless one that releases people into more purity. The church has been messed up and defiled a lot of things. Come on, I'm not bashing the church, but it, God knows we need purity. Where does judgment? Peter said it. He said judgment comes here first. I'm okay with that. said last night it's not the it's not the offering it's not what we offer God that's pure 
It's the altar that's pure. It's the fire that purifies, that burns the things that are in the way from the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. And that's what he wants to do for you tonight. Release something fresh on you. That the purity of God, that you know it's time, it's time. Jesus said that. It don't say four months. Don't say it's way down the road. Well, Jesus is coming someday. No. He could come tomorrow if the church would just transform in a twinkling of an eye. It's the trumpet call that changes things. Father, will you just stand with me? thank you for the time that we're in. Just thank God for the time. If you don't know the time, if you don't know the time that you're in, and you're kind of despondent about the time that you're in, Lord, let us know, let us understand, let us have an urgency in our hearts and in our spirits, not striving, but let there be an urgency inside of us that we're not satisfied. That it's not okay that people walk around needing healing, needing salvation, needing everything that they need. And we just sit here and watch and think it's okay. But Holy Spirit, give us this divine crave. And let me say this, two weeks ago when we were here after, after Berlin, I got this crave inside of me, this thing that I can't even explain to you, that God is wanting to do something just in me individually that's just, I thought I was hungry before. <laughs> so Father, release that now in this room in people. Something supernatural that comes directly from heaven, that comes from the place that we don't even understand. It comes from the heart and the burning place of God. Lord, let our lives burn for the times that we're in. Excited, expecting. Transformed in the midst of what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, that you sent your son in the fullness of time to break us out of the law of condemnation that broke us in to a law of life and that moved us beyond religious thinking moved us into the spiritual realm the supernatural realm that opens up the earth for a harvest Listen, if you want prayer tonight for that, we'll pray for that. If you need healing in your body, we'll pray for that. 
So come, Lord Jesus. Don't draw back. You can come up here. Listen, this place is wide open. You just get before the Lord. You don't have to come up here to get hands laid on you. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want.